The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Romans chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, we keep some in the cabinets back there. If you don't own one, we uh, put your name in that. Let us let that be our gift to you so you have access to the Word of God. So Romans chapter 8. We've been in a series called Identification, and today we're talking about uh, this principle of the Holy Spirit standing in the gap for us. In Romans 8, uh, we've been going through this uh, quite a few weeks. We're now 20 weeks into the book of Romans, and we've spent a lot of this time in Romans chapter 8 because it's so deep. There's so much going on. And so uh, last week, we talked about the best is yet to come and this idea and this principle that creation groans, the earth groans for, for God to make it right, for him to bring, bring a, a renewal to all things in the earth. And so creation groans for that. We ourselves who are in Christ groan for that because we know that we'll receive a glorified body, a new body that one day, man, there's a new heaven and a new earth. Everything is made right. Today, I want to look further because Paul takes this concept even deeper with this idea of standing in the gap. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. If you're new to scripture, um, there's a table of contents and you can find Romans. It'll tell you what page it's on and uh, the, the large numbers are the chapters. So Romans chapter 8, we'll start verse 26. If you're new to scripture and need help with this, talk to me. Talk to one of our our prayer team after service. We love to help you get access to the word of God so that you can study it and research it on your own. So Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts... Uh, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So there's this principle that um, carries on through the theme of this, that creation groans, we groan, and the Holy Spirit groans for us. He, he uh, He stands in the gap for us. You know, our mothers stood in the gap for us growing up, at least mine did. And, and our mother stood in the gap. I have teachers that I still remember that stood in the gap for me. I have friends that stand in the gap for me. We, we have people that stand in the gap for us. But what we need to understand is the Holy Spirit stands in the gap for us. Uh, Heather and I went to London several years ago. And uh, we got these passes to ride the tube station or the tube. The, the tube is a, is a fancy word for subway. So we're down in the tube station, and you know, you've got the train platform, and then you've got the train, and there's this little gap that I guess you could trip on if you're not careful about it, but what I loved about it is all over the place, they had these signs. I had to buy one. It says, mind the gap, and this is what they look like, much bigger in the, in the tube, but this is what they look like, mind the gap, and it was so cool because on the outside of the train, you hear a male's voice going, please mind the gap. And then on the inside of the train is a female voice going, mind the gap, please. So for those of you who don't listen to women, you got the men. And those of you who don't listen to men, you got it. And if you can't listen to either one, you're going to be face down in the gap, okay? Um, So it's 
at the tube station, you've got, mind the gap, please. Please mind the gap. Mind the gap, please. Please mind. So you are not going to forget there is a gap about this far from the platform to the train, and you've got to mind that gap. Otherwise, you're going to be face down inside the train or on the platform. And it was a reminder that there is a gap. What we need to realize is the Holy Spirit stands in that gap for us. That we go through life with an awareness that there is a gap. There's a gap between um, where our life was before Christ and the holiness of God. And the Holy Spirit stands in that gap. That Jesus stood in that gap on the cross of Christ for where we were as sinners to the holiness of God, and he bridges that. And then for us who are in Christ, the Holy Spirit continues to fill that gap because I'm not yet with God. I'm not yet living in heaven. I'm not yet in my glorified body. I'm not yet there. We live in that state that we talked about last week, the already but not yet. And so there's a gap, and the Holy Spirit stands in that gap. He stands in that gap according to verse 26, according to our weakness, and, and he, he, this, is, this is a hard thing for, for a lot of people to admit, mostly us guys to admit, is weakness. I don't like to admit I'm weak in any area. I'm not alone in that. I like to know I've got it under control. I had to do some home repair yesterday. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Thank you, YouTube. It was awesome. But I don't like to admit I'm weak. And I think, I think that's a... That's a flaw that I carry. I don't know if you're with me in that. Maybe you can say me too. But, but this isn't just the Holy Spirit standing in the gap in those rare times when we feel weak. Our state of being is weak. We don't have the power. We don't possess the power for holiness. We don't have the power to, to bring uh, life from death. We don't have the power to do what God calls us to do. When he calls us to walk in a life uh, that he's created and called us to live, we don't possess that power. It takes a power much greater than us. And I have to admit I'm weak. I get, I get that mindset. I kind of bow up and think I can do this. I can handle this. I can take this. Those of you parents, you remember, um, if, you, if you have toddlers, you're in it now. But those of you who are older, you remember when your kids hit that, that phase, that independent phase, that I do it. For our parents up here, you've heard about the terrible twos. I'm just going to warn you, the three, threes, twos ain't nothing compared to threes. Because this, this switch turns with independence. At least it did with my kids. It was everything. Yeah, I try to get my kids ready for, for daycare. I mean, tie your shoes. I do it. You don't know how to do it. I do it. You don't know how. It's arguing with a three-year-old. You're really going to get somewhere in that, aren't you? So my kids walk into daycare, shoes untied. They got to pick out their outfits because I do it, right? I'm, I've got two daughters, man. I could do a mean ponytail when they were younger. No, I do it. I do my hair. Okay, so my kids walk in looking like I don't know how to care for my kids because they're wearing mismatched clothes, their hair's all a mess, and their shoes are untied, and I'm walking in going, I'm a failure as a dad. I couldn't, I, I couldn't win that argument. And the director of the daycare goes, I do it? Yeah, they did it. They look foolish, but they did it. It's a lot of times how I go through life. God, I think I can handle this. He's like, you're going to look foolish, but you can do it. 
We've got to get to that point where we understand this, that, that, that we are weak and it is his strength that is made perfect in our weakness. This word weakness translated from the Greek word astenea and it means physical, emotional, and spiritual disability, weakness. We also find this, this word in James 5.4 when he says, is any of among you sick? Let him call for the elders and anoint him and pray over him in the name of the Lord. And we tend to think that, that it's just, we tend to use James as just we're physically sick. I go through times where I'm emotionally weak. I go through times when I'm spiritually weak. And I go through those trials. And, and can I tell you that there, you have people here at the creek that pray for you. We as a staff pray for you. At the end of every service, this altar is open for people to pray with you. Is any among you sick? Are you struggling physically? Are you struggling emotionally? Are you struggling spiritually? Let us pray with you. We can anoint you. With, we've got oil. If, if you want us to, we're not going to get weird on you, but we can anoint you with oil. And the Holy Spirit stands in that gap. The Holy Spirit anoints us. And he stands in that gap. I want to ask you as a church family, I, you, you fill out prayer requests and we pray for you. I want you to pray for my family and something. I told you that my daughter and niece are graduating Saturday. My niece Haley had surgery the other day. They found a tumor that is close to her spine. And when they went in to do the surgery, they, they couldn't get it. So this week, she's got to go see a specialist. So there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things. And I know Pastor Tammy couldn't share this earlier because Pastor Tammy can't share anything without crying. And she would, I mean, she would have had to pick her up and carry her off the stage. But I'm asking you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to stand in the gap with them, with our family, as we go, as we go through this. Because God's got it. There is no power that is greater than God. And when we start feeling physically weak, he stands in the gap. When we feel emotionally weak, he stands in the gap. When we're spiritually weak, he stands in the gap. This word help that he says in verse 26, it means to carry a heavy load. Should remind you of Jesus' words when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That when you go through things, when you start feeling the strain and the weight of life and the pressures of everything on you, and you start feeling weak, understand that the Holy Spirit stands in the gap for you and he does the heavy lifting on our behalf. We have someone who stands in the gap in our weakness. One of the evidences of our weakness is that we don't know what to pray for. James told us that, that you ask and don't receive because you ask out of selfish motives and wrong passions. You want to do it to fulfill yourself. And I'm, I do the same thing. God bless me. You know, we pray for our job. God bless me in my job. I bless me with my family. Lord, bless me financially. You know, I can honestly say that I hear people talk about winning the lottery. And I daydream about it too. I mean, because you can't help about it. You see the sign on 820 and you see it ticking up. And everybody's like, I want to win the Powerball. It doesn't matter. 
Once you get over a million, does it matter? I mean, it would be nice to have 28 million, but, but we daydream about it. But I can honestly say this. God will not give us more than our character can handle. And obviously, my character can't handle $28 million. And none of yours can either. So y'all are going to start praying, God, give me character. Give me character. Because we know that it, would, that it could destroy us. And the Holy Spirit knows what to pray for. The Holy Spirit stands in the gap and intercedes for us. Praise for us, not based on our brokenness and our passions and what the areas that we would try to be selfish about things, but he prays for us based on God's will, based on what God wants for our life. And, and there's this, he, he groans and groans too deep for words is what Paul wrote that the Holy Spirit does on our behalf. And this isn't speaking in tongues. This isn't us speaking in, a, in an unknown groaning tongue language. And this isn't us praying what we need. This is the Holy Spirit, too deep for words, having a direct communication because the word intercede means to appeal for someone on behalf of. So the Holy Spirit is going before the throne of God on my behalf, on your behalf, and praying and asking for exactly what we need. And he knows how to do that. He knows what we need. He knows our heart. God searches and knows the heart of man. That, he, that we tend to look on the outside, but God says, I look at the inside. And he knows our heart. And he knows the mind of Christ. And he brings those together. The Holy Spirit is beautiful in bridging that gap, in praying for us. And I know I lost y'all when I said this isn't speaking in tongues to somebody. Some are like, what's going to happen? Let me explain to you something. We believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that there's order and control in how those are done. But a lot of times we think this is, this is a speaking in tongues or this is a prayer language. This is the Holy Spirit talking. This isn't even us something physically we do. He's doing it for us all the time, day and night. He's constantly making intercession. In 1 Thessalonians, we're taught to pray continuously. The Holy Spirit can do it. He's got the power to do it, and he does it on our behalf, day and night, constantly. He's before the throne of God. Hey, this is what Matt needs. This is what Matt needs. And what he's praying for is what I need to walk in accordance with the will of God. And I know a lot of us struggle in church about what the will of God is. God, what is your will for my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? That's what it boils down to. We, we boil the will of God down to what we do. God, should I go to this college? Should I date this person? God, is it your will that I break up with this person? God, is it your will that I take this job? Is it your will that I leave this job? Is it your will that I marry this person? I mean, we, we start reducing the will of God down in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're taught that it is our spiritual act of worship to lay ourselves as living sacrifices on the altar. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. He says, don't be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So don't think the way the world thinks when it comes to the will of God. Well, it's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I got to do. 
Let God renew your mind. And, and as we lay ourselves on that altar, we're being submitted to the will of God. And he says, then you will be able to test and discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God has a perfect plan for every one of our lives. And a lot of times we miss out on what we do because we forget whose we are. You see, when we reduce God's will to what we do, we've missed the point. God cares more about who we are than what we do. And the will of God is more about whose we are than what we do. You see, God calls us to be saved. And then to mature in that. He calls us to be born again. And we're born again in Christ. And then we grow in that maturity. And through that maturity, we gain the character of God. And as we grow in that character, as we continue to submit to God and lay our passions down and lay our desires down and lay ourselves down as living sacrifices on the altar, as our worship to him, we become more submitted to him. Our character begins to be shaped more by him. And then that character of God that is forming and transforming us into the image of Christ, our decisions start coming from that perspective instead of somewhere else. Here's how I can tell you that. You make decisions today based on how your mom taught you. Right, wrong, or indifferent, you make decisions based on on mom and dad. It's because of that character that's been formed in us. When we submit ourselves to God, when we get into his word, when we start letting his character start to shape us and mold us and transform us, then decisions that we make about who should I date? Should I marry this person? Should I take this job? What job should I do? What career should I do? What college should I go to? That starts being formed by the character of God. Nowhere in the the, the scriptures does it tell me that I should let my daughter go to Texas A&M. But through trusting God and letting his character shape those decisions in our life and being able to discern the will of God and follow his peace, we came to that decision. Nowhere does it say what time I should set curfew. I think it's 10 o'clock, but the word of God doesn't support that. So we start to make decisions about uh, through the will of God, through the character of God. And then the Holy Spirit stands in the gap working for the good of his kids. This is that coffee cup verse, verse 28, that we know that God works all things together for good for those who love him. And that's typically where we stop. That's what makes it on the coffee cup or on the bumper sticker or the tag of our email. Or that's all we can think to say when we're in a desperate situation where it feels so heavy and so hard that we we say, Well, God works all things together for good for those who love him. We forget that there's a comma after that. Who are called according to his purpose. You see, the good doesn't happen in my will. The good happens in God's will. And the good happens when I'm fully submitted to the will of God and for what he wants to do in my life. You see, God's plan is perfect. And he has two purposes in that plan. It's his glory and our good. 
that when we are submitted and following Christ, when we're laying ourselves down as living sacrifices, God is getting the glory for it. He's working for his glory. He calls us, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever your hand finds to do, do it all for the glory of God so that God gets the glory for it. And God wants to work for our good. Yes, God wants us to have good things. He loves his kids. He's a perfect father. He knows how to give his kids good gifts and he wants good in our life. But we, we, we can't think that we can go live our life completely unsubmitted to God and then when we find ourselves in a difficult situation or a mess we've made, that, well, God works all things together for good and I love God, so he's gonna work this for good. Are you pursuing his purpose? Are you pursuing his glory so that he can then in turn turn that to good? And it doesn't mean the good's gonna happen right away. And that storm may last for a while. That struggle may be there for a while and one day we'll look and say, I can see the good in it. Even if nothing else, the ultimate good is for us to be transformed and conformed in the image of Jesus to where we look like Jesus. And God's plan will prevail. In Philippians, Paul wrote, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. A good work he started in you. That good may not happen until the day of Jesus, that, that day where we stand face to face with Jesus. And all the struggles and all the trials and all the heartaches that we go through in life, that's when we realize this is the good. This is what he did this for. That only then can we look back with the perspective from his glory to see that good. Now verse, verse 30 gets into something that we need, to, we need to explain here. Verse 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. You see, remember, this is kind of tying it back that he said, if we share in Christ's sufferings, we'll share with his glory also. Now, this word trips up a lot of people is that predestined. And some think that God, see, God's plan existed before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, 4 tells us that he chose us in Christ before the world was formed. And so some people think that the, the idea of predestination is that God says, okay, Matt's going to go to heaven. Before I start the word, Matt's going to go to heaven and this person's going to go to hell. That God sets those apart for salvation and some apart for con uh, condemnation. That some are saved and go to heaven and some are condemned and go to hell. The predestination has to do with those who are in Christ because the, what he has predetermined is that those who are in Christ will be made into the image of his son, that we will share in his glory. And for someone to be condemned to hell, that is their decision. That condemnation comes because they've refused to trust Christ. See, when I look at the plan of God, I mean, Jesus said in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's not for God so loved some and God so loved those he chose. If you have multiple kids, you understand sometimes you have a favorite. It depends on which one's in trouble and how big the mess is. Hey, we're in church. We can be honest. We can admit that. Kids, it's, you know that. 
when your brother or sister gets the toys and you don't, you, you know who's a favorite, right? <laughs> there you go. I just created some emotional weakness. Come to the elders, let us pray. God doesn't have favorites. And he chose us so that we can look like his son. And God's plan is that none should perish, but all come to repentance. God says, I, I, I gave my son. My son paid the ultimate price so that all could come to repentance and none should perish. And if you choose to perish, that's your choice. What we see in this verse is that God's plan has three steps. The first one is being called. And he says they were called according to his purpose. And called isn't just say, here's Jesus. Called is a summons to salvation. He says, I'm, I'm calling you. And, and how does that work? It's the Holy Spirit. Because you see, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit moves in. But before that, the Holy Spirit calls us to conviction. Let, let, me, let me track with you on how that might look here. You might have felt something inside stirring you like, I, I feel like I need to find a church. I, I feel like we need to go to church. And so you start searching for a church and, and God brought you here. He's calling you. He's not calling you to church. He's calling you to faith. He's calling you to life. And that's what that call is, that summons. And then he says, those whom he called, he justified. See, when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, and he said, it is finished, his blood paid the debt of our sin. And his resurrection sealed it with the power of life. And when we become a new creation, when we submit our life to him, Scripture tells us that we're justified. That we can stand before God just as if I'd never sinned. That he doesn't see, when I stand before God, he doesn't see Matt in a broken state. He doesn't see Matt in all my weakness. He doesn't see me in all my sin and all my failures and everything that I, I let the enemy tell, you, tell me and tell you that, that we discuss God. What God sees in us is his righteousness because we're justified. He sees us through the blood of Christ and he says, you're my child. And he justifies us by grace through faith. Nothing that we do, he's done it all. We submit to that. And then, and then what's interesting is he goes on and he says, being glorified. And he's, he, he writes this in the past tense because we know that future is heaven. For those who are in Christ, that one day we will be in heaven. And that's when the glorified body happens and the glorified earth and the new heaven and the new earth and everything is just so surrounded and, and just immersed in God's glory. But he says, you have been glorified. What is he talking about? Because God says, it is finished. He sees our glory as finished. Because God is that trustworthy and that good at his word. He said, it's as good as done. 
To be glorified is another way of saying that we're going to look like Jesus. That our mind is renewed and we're transformed and we look like him. And we no longer, according to Romans 3.23, fall short of the glory of God because we have been glorified. And what's beautiful is the Holy Spirit stands in the gap to make all this happen. In the already but not yet, we have the Holy Spirit standing in the gap, helping us in our weakness, praying for us, and working in us for the good of God's kids because the Holy Spirit is all about God's glory. And when the Holy Spirit's all about God's glory, he can begin to work for good in our life. And the Holy Spirit stands in the gap. When I explained earlier that there was a gap, for some of you that are here, you may be being called. And that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I'm not calling you to church, I'm calling you to life. I'm calling you to salvation. What does that look like? It's recognizing there's a gap. That here's who I am. I'm broken. We're born sinners because we're all born of Adam. We're born in sin. And so, so we're, we're, we're here. We're, just, we're hanging out on this ball of mud in all of its brokenness called earth. And we have a holy God that stands on the other side of that gap who is perfect, who is holy, who is creator of all things, who is brokenhearted at the condition that we're in. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood in that gap and he reached out his hand to his holy father. And through his blood, he reached out his hand to us who were broken and he stood in the gap. And through Jesus, we're connected in a relationship with our Father. Through Jesus, we're made whole. Through Jesus, we're reconciled. Through Jesus, we're justified. And we will be glorified to be like Jesus. So today, some of you might be being called. And that's recognizing the gap. That's minding the gap and understanding that Jesus, who is our Savior, stood in that gap. For some of you, you need a reminder. For some of you, you're feeling physically weak, emotionally weak, spiritually weak, and the Holy Spirit is standing in the gap, working for you, praying for you, carrying for you. And I want to challenge you, at the end of this service, if you need prayer for anything, let someone pray for you. It's not that the people who stand up here are perfect, but they love you. And they're willing to intercede on your behalf. They're willing to be the example, as we talked about with baby dedication, of what it looks like to stand in the gap for somebody. I'm going to pray for us. And, and if you need prayer, don't miss that opportunity. If God is calling you to life, don't miss that. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you call us to life. We thank you that every one of us you have a good, you have a perfect plan. And I pray, Father, right now for those here that um, may have felt called to church. I thank you that you're calling them to so much more. You're calling them to life. Father, I pray for the courage right now in this room that, that Holy Spirit, as you're working and you draw us to conviction, you draw us to Jesus. I pray for the courage right now 
for those being called to just in the quietness of their moment to say, Jesus, I need you to stand in the gap for me. I need life. I admit that I'm weak. perfect in my weakness and I'm asking for your perfect power to overcome my weakness to overcome every area that I fall short of the glory of God and as you stand in the gap I pray that you bring new life new hope for me and I submit myself to you what you have is better than I can I can imagine that even when life gets difficult that you're standing in the gap working praying and carrying me Father I pray for the courage for those being called that you justify through your grace that you give them the courage to let someone know whether that's someone here at the altars after the service or just check it on the card. If that's you, check it on the card. Let us walk with you. Let us help you. Let us be there to stand in the gap with you. Holy Spirit, continue to fill us. Thank you for standing in the gap for us. Thank you for so many godly examples around us of people who stand in the gap. But thank you. I pray you continue to fill us and and Father, help us to continue to submit to your will and your way and your life. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We put all of this before your throne in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Love y'all. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.